Welcome to devmode.fm, a podcast dedicated to the tools, techniques, and technologies used in modern web development. I'm Andrew Welch from NY Studio 107, and with me, I have Michael Thomas, the dev lead from Percipio. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing great. Thank you. And today, we're gathered together to talk about Veet, and we have a very special guest, Matias Capaletto, the Veet core team member. How are you doing, Matias? Fine here. Thanks for the invite. Happy to be around. All right. So, Matias, if you were hiking up the side of the Cerro Chato volcano in La Fortuna, Costa Rica, and you're hiking up the side of this volcano, and it, it's a three-hour hike just to get to the top of the volcano, you're hot, you're sweaty, you get to the top, and it gets even steeper. The steeper you get up, you get to the top, and you crest the top of the volcano, and you look out, and you see this beautiful emerald lake in front of you, but you're dying of thirst because it's so hot and sweaty and you forgot your water bottle. Your guide is with you and the guide says, I will give you some water to drink, Matthias, if you tell me what this Veet thing is. What would you tell him? How much time I have. Like, I'm very thirsty. Well, you get to drink after you tell him though. Yeah, that's okay. I have to rush the pitch then. Yes, Vit is a development tool. When you build applications, normally you are not developing in, let's say, HTML, CSS, and JS only, but we use some modern patterns. For example, maybe you're using a framework, a UI framework like Vue or React, and then you're not coding something that the browser understands. So you're, you will have a .view file that has some custom sync task, or like you will have JS effects, or you actually want to type your JavaScript and you're using TypeScript like everybody else right now. And then you cannot anymore give this to the browser directly. So here comes tooling to help us convert this to something that the browser understands. And normally for a long time, Webpack was king of this segment and it still is around at this point 20 times the downloads of Vit, but Vit is growing a lot. And Vit is like a development tool like Webpack, but that takes advantages of some modern advancement in the browser that lets us cut a lot of corners that the Webpack team had to have to do before. So first is ESM support in the browser. We have a, a full module system that we can use. And what Vite does is that during development, instead of having to compile, transpile all your application, having to crawl everything that you do, and imagine that you have a complex application that have tons of pages and or a SPA that have very complex roots. Instead of having to wait all that time to build that to give to the browser, Vit will directly start a server without waiting absolutely anything and without doing anything. That's why it starts fast. It doesn't do anything. And then the browser will start to request the index HTML first. And from there, Vit will give the modules and the browser can understand these modules because we have ESM support. So that's the first thing that is an unbundled dev environment. So that is well, you're, the... You're starting to turn different shades of red. You're wavering a little <laughs> bit on your feet. I'm not sure. You better tighten it up and, and quickly finish what you're saying because you want that water I, real bad. If I have a computer there, I will say type v.new and see how fast this thing is. <laughs> and then give me the water. All right. <laughs> So I guess to unpack it a little bit, so Vite is a build tool or a bundler that allows you to use modern frameworks and technologies and writing in code that the browser might not understand and compiling it down to something that it does understand. And it sounds to me like because Vite is able to leverage the platform, it can be faster than Webpack. Would that be considered one of the big selling points over something like Webpack, the speed? Yes, it has two parts. During development, the, the thing is like, it's hard to call it a bundler because it's not bundling. So it is like, 
like unbundled environment. We have to uh, even right. like put the contrast there because we are so used to bundling that we have to say like this is an unbundled. But this will yep. be the, the natural thing. Naturally, if you are just calling HTML, JS, and CSS, it will be unbundled. You will just give that to the browser and the browser will crawl and do the imports and the import will give another imports. The difference with Vite is that the dev, as you said, because the browser doesn't understand TypeScript, is actually like a a very smart server that instead of directly handling the file from the file system, will transpile it on the fly and remove the types from TypeScript, will like um, transpile JSX and like the same with Vue and will give something to the browser that can understand. So that is the dev part. And the that other is part- the coolest part. So when I first got interested in Vite was I wrote a little bit of HTML and then I did script source equals app.ts. And without me doing anything, it worked. Just like you would just type a regular script tag link for a JavaScript file. I linked to a TypeScript file. I did zero setup. I did absolutely nothing. And with the dev server running, the Vite dev server running, everything just worked. I'm like, okay, that hooked me. I was ready to, to find out what this thing was about as soon as I saw that. Yeah, it, you can see it like some plug that you put in the browser and now it understands everything. Yeah. So like all everything of the modern patterns and then you have plugins to actually do the rest. And the, the other part that is important in the pitch is that Vite is that for development, but during production, we of course need to still bundle to get right. like a very minify, tree shake it, the, the thing that Webpack does. And there, Vite is not specifically faster than Webpack. Maybe it is like for, because we use ESBuild for some parts. So yep. if you use Webpack like raw by default, like Vite could be, but Vite is using rollup there in build time. And it's a very <laughs> battle tested solution that will give you a really, really good production bundle to use. And this is important because Vite actually works because it takes care of both things for you. Like mm. Directly out of the box, it will give you a very good DX during development and the best experience for your final users. So there is no compromise there that you will have a good DX, but then you have to compromise the users. Yeah, so in local development, effectively a little proxy server is running. And whenever a file is requested, it intercepts the request and it says, oh, this is TypeScript. Let me compile it into TypeScript for you. Oh, this is Vue. Let me compile this Vue component or template or whatever it ends up being. And that's the dev part. And that's what makes it super fast. In addition to the fact that it uses this thing called ES build, right? So why don't you explain just briefly what ES build, uh, honestly, most people don't really need to know how it really works, but what yeah. is, what is ES build? ES build is a Go bundler. And there it really knows how to very, very fast transpile JSX, transpile types, not, not type checking, but like strip the types of TypeScript. Actually, it'll convert some modern syntax to another target, like what you will use Babel for. So it knows very fast how to do this. And you can use it as a bundler that will minify tree shake, or you can use it to transpile a single file. And in Vit, we use it for optimizing your dependencies that we can talk later about that. We use it for transpiling JSX and TypeScript. We use it also for minification in at build time. By default, it is ESBuild the one that minifies both JS and CSS. So the bundler is rolled up, but ESBuild is actually in every piece that is very intensive. ESBuild is there to actually help us speed up that part. Yeah, and it's nice that we are explaining to people that how this works. You really don't need to know any of this when you're using it. All you need to know is that ESBuild is written in Go, which means that it is going to compile down to 
essentially native code. There's a, a runtime, but whatever. So that it's much faster than running Babel as JavaScript that interprets all this stuff. So it's going to be significantly faster than that. So we've got this little dev server that we're running locally that allows us to do things quickly. It will grab all these things and transpile them for us so that we can write in languages the, that a modern browser understands, but maybe our dev targets don't understand. So that's really cool. The other really cool thing that got me when I was first <laughs> trying Vite was the amount of config that you need to get this up and running is it's tiny. Like I'm, I'm someone that has written some very, very elaborate Webpack configs. I know it inside and out, so it's not, well, okay. I know it pretty well. I'm not going to say I know it inside and out. That's, <laughs> that seems a little bit too much. So it's not that I'm afraid of it, but man, I loved being able to set up a build setup for Vite that didn't require all this junk. Like out of the box, it works wonderfully. And then you can mix in some other stuff and you don't really have to do anything. So that's another type of speed, right, Michael, is the fact that you're going to spend less time tweaking config. Yep. In addition, there's speed of, you know, compiling and all that kind of stuff. But it's real nice that you're not spending tons of time on config. I, I know that you have been using Vite. Uh, I have started using Vite from the beginning. Roughly, I have to say, we, we switched over from Webpack to Vite and everything within our team right now is speedier. It also helps a lot of less experienced developers in our mm. team. They don't have to, like with Webpack, sometimes you don't know what something does. Yep. It's like, what am I doing over here? <laughs> and right now, with, with when they see a Vite config, they're like, oh yeah, this is simple. This is probably uh, reading the view bit. Oh, this is probably generating a favicon. It's just there. It's it's quite obvious for them. And I can definitely say Vite sped up a lot of things for us. Uh, our developers are on board. Definitely our local dev is a lot faster with that or deployments are faster with it. So we are very happy with that. And you might say, well, why doesn't Webpack just do that? But as Matthias mentioned earlier, Webpack has a whole lot of history. And it was originally developed in a time when browsers couldn't do any of this stuff. And we've reached the point in the platform where it can do ESM. ESM is ECMAScript modules. And ECMAScript is the name that JavaScript is known by in the standards body that oversees it. So ESM just means JavaScript modules. Like whenever you see it, just think of that as natively supported by the browser. So as soon as the platform was ready to do all that, then someone like Evan Yu could come along and say, hey, you know what? Why don't we leverage the modern features of the browser and make this super fast local dev environment? Because we can assume a lot of things now, we can assume a lot of things are modern in the browser. We don't need a ton of config. The config can be simple and easy to go. That speed, both in terms of the development and also not having to spend all your time doing config, it was like a revelation to me, Matthias. It was amazing. I was yeah, so definitely. happy to find Vite and switch over to it. Yeah, there that you say is one, something that's very important. And shout out to Parcel also there because they were kind of like the first pushing this idea. Right. For example, the idea of the index HTML being your entry point, and for that is more natural, no? Like I'm from there going to like as you say like I just add a script tag and it understand and I felt like it was is, back in the I felt like I was back in the, the early 2000s yeah. like I can just throw a script tag in and it works exactly exactly yeah, exactly. and something else uh, apart from the advancement at the technology level and the standards level is also 
the standards kind of or quasi standard in the community. So like mm. Webpack, when it started, it had to be very configurable because everybody was doing something different because we oh. had a lot of experimentation ongoing. But after a while, we are now, okay, we are using CSS modules and we are using post-CSS and we know how when we import CSS, we know what we expect to happen. So Vite is actually able to have a lot less configuration because the scope is a lot thinner because we actually, we say no to a lot of things. This We are able to say no more easily maybe than Webpack because the rollup plugin system is so wonderful and yep. it's very flexible and easy to use. So it is a lot easier to say to somebody, look, that feature that you want, is, I know that it's three lines in core, but if we say yes to three lines in core 10 times a, a week, then this is going to be a mess in the future. Yep. And instead of that, we can say, look, you can directly implement it with a plugin. And if you cannot, I can try to give you a low level primitive. So not only what you want to do is possible, but a lot more. That this is what Vite does with the rollout plugin system, that it extends it a little bit to actually accommodate to, to Vite itself and also configure the dev server and other things. And this is a key part of developing any kind of complex software, is building it so that it is deep, not wide, in terms of the code surface that you're working with. And you need to build it sort of like an onion or in a modular way. And you do want to keep the core relatively small, but still be able to support those outer rings that kind of need to, to grow out of it and use it. First of all, I want to say that some people are probably listening to us and they're saying, Matias Cappelletto, I don't know who that is. I should have mentioned that you are widely known as Patek, right? Yes. So anyone who has seen you, you have been amazing and incredibly active in the Vite community. It's been fantastic to have you there. So I just wanted to let people know your pseudonym and also shout out for that. And then you were mentioning about the complicated Webpack configs. I got a confession to make, Matias. I have some upcoming consulting work that an agency is having me come in and one of the things that we're doing is sorting out their Webpack config. And I've looked at it and I've gone over it and I've done tons and tons of Webpack configs. And my confession to you is I'm going to try and push to just get them. If we're going to refactor this thing anyway, why don't we look at just switching it over to V? I'm going to give that a shot because I think there are times that it may make sense to do that. If you have a huge legacy code base and I'm going to consider this Webpack config the way it has sprawled, like urban sprawl, the way it has kind of grown, I'm going to consider that to be tech debt. And if we're refactoring it, maybe we should look at refactoring it on uh, something more modern. Interesting. Yeah. And again, this idea that Vite implements the modern standard, probably a lot of that config, it is to implement some of the things that Vite already does. Yeah. So this is what allows people to also migrate, let's say. Another thing that I think is important to what you say, like mentioning Evan Yu, the config is also easy to understand because Evan Yu and the Vue team had tons of experience building Vue CLI. So yep. this is not like even you like woke up one morning and say like I will create this config like this. They had they actually did view CLI using Webpack and they had tons of experience in dealing with the rough edges of or edges of that config. So this is why it informed it a lot the development of it. Uh, see that's not how I imagine it. I imagine that Evan <laughs> you woke up in the morning at, uh, at his now luxury mansion in Singapore. <laughs> he woke up and he, he rolled down, he had some nice coffee that someone picked the coffee beans right from the bush outside of his office. He fed his lions and then he said, oh, this is the way I'm going to, I think I'm going to make Vite today. That's the way I envision it. That's the way it happens in my brain anyway. So I don't, you can tell me whatever you want. It, it doesn't I, I, matter. I, I'm sorry. Okay. Let's keep that image there. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I want to take a, a step back if I could. So why are we not just writing in JavaScript, you know, like regular old JavaScript, linking it in a tag and calling it a day? Like what is the point of these tools like Webpack and Gulp and Grunt and Vita? And you touched on it a little bit that we're writing stuff that the browser doesn't support, but like what, what does that mean? What reasons would I have for using a tool like this? One big one that I think like a lot of people will relate is TypeScript, like we said. Yeah. But that one may not be an issue in the future if types as comments act actually pass it. There is a proposal right now that is going to say what is inside of the TypeScript type, it will count as comment and you are going to be able to send it to the browser without transpilation. But there are other things that never will happen like that, like .view files, for example, or React. Or actually, for example, importing CSS modules. And you need, if you want, for example, to import a CSS module that you want that CSS to only apply to the component that you are importing it, you need tooling to do that. You need, the browser will not know what to do. The browser will just add, if you add a script, a style tag with the CSS, it will apply it to all the page. But if we want to work at a higher level, let's say, because we identified that working with components is a good idea, for example, because you can think of pieces and then building Lego blocks. So all the, the UI frameworks went there and actually they went a step farther and React said, okay, look, like we can use JSX and this kind of, instead of looking like function calls, it looks like HTML markup. And then you can give this component to someone that doesn't know JavaScript and maybe they can tweak it a bit. Like actually you need to know a lot of JavaScript for React, but more with hooks and everything. But anyways, you, you see where this is going. Yep. And if we want that nice things, we cannot put all that on the browser because every time that you put something in the browser, you crystallize it, you solidify it, and then you cannot change it anymore. So we need to keep a lot of this on user land and Vite and the, the kind of tools like Babel, Webpack, and all these tools allow us to actually go wild on the user side and then like and have the DX that we think is the best for building our applications and then keep the browser simple. So, well, well, simple is a way to say it is an amazing machine, very complex. <laughs> well, even if you're a Luddite and you just want to write in pure JavaScript, maybe you're a, you're a vanilla JavaScript aficionado and you just want to write in vanilla JavaScript, you know, for whatever reason, that is what you have accepted. Something that V is kind of wonderful about, I think, is that you can take advantage of this thing called hot module replacement, where you can be writing stuff in all these JavaScript files, but when you make a change to one of them, you don't have to do a full browser reload. You don't have to do any of that stuff. It instantly patches into the runtime just the changes that you've made to the JavaScript. So you literally can do hands-off coding where you can have the browser over in one window and your JavaScript code you're working on over in the other, and you can just type. And as soon as you save, because Vite is so quick, it will just inject just the change. It won't reload the whole page and you'll see the results of what you're working on over there. So even if you're not using any of these things like Vue or TypeScript or JSX or React or any of these things, there's some really cool advantages to having Vite be something that you use, I think. And HMR is one of them. Michael, I don't know if you've been using HMR in your development, but for we, me, it's been life-changing. We use it all the time, and it is definitely a life changer. Imagine we, at Percipio, we work a lot with Vue, and we have 
a lot of API calls and, and, and nowadays Pinia stores and anything along the lines. And something that I really like about Vite, what I never really got to work nicely with Webpack, is Vite even does the hot module reloading inside of Pinia, which makes our API calls every time we need something different for mm. data or anything along the lines. We just make the object change and we see it directly in the browser. We sped up a lot of things simply by that. And if I need to compare Vite with what Webpack used to have, Vite goes quite instantaneously. Even mm. in Webpack, if you made a, a little CSS change, sometimes you still had to wait 10 to 15 seconds before it showed up. And just for that, it has been quite a life changer. And part of the reason that's able to happen is what Matthias was saying before. Webpack assumes everything needs to be bundled. So it will bundle mm -hmm. everything down. It does some caching and some other smart stuff to try and speed it up. But Vite doesn't need to do that in order for it to work because you're just working directly with the thing, which is, is pretty amazing. Yeah. But Matthias, uh. you made an interesting point about we may be getting types in JavaScript. I view the JavaScript ecosystem and, and really a, a number of different ecosystems in front-end development sort of as Petri dishes for trying different ideas out, you know, seeing what works and seeing what doesn't work. And the good ones then end up being adopted by the core platform and then rising tides lift all boats, then we all get, you know, this great new feature set. But without people doing that kind of work that the browser can't do using some kind of tooling, we're never going to arrive at really good standards that should be implemented. Much better to have people trying things out, figuring out what works, and then implementing it rather than a committee going, oh, you know, I think they really should have X, Y, or Z. The fun thing about TypeScript, and I'm, I'm a big fan of typed languages, but for anyone who doesn't know, the person that created TypeScript, I'm going to butcher his name, so I apologize, is Anders Helsberg. And he's someone that was formerly at a company called Borland Software. Any old timers out there will know who that is. He created Turbo Pascal. He created Delphi. He created C Sharp. And in 2012, he started creating TypeScript. So you got someone, if you kind of roll your eyes when you hear about TypeScript, you know, is this, you know, just the hot new fad? It's more than that, man. It's a really important technology. And one of the coolest things about TypeScript to me is that if you strip out the types in TypeScript, you're left with JavaScript. Literally a search and replace of types that are in TypeScript, you are left with JavaScript that runs and executes. So it's a brilliantly designed language in that regard. But I also think it may be driving the platform forward. I mean, it's great. If JavaScript gets types, then fantastic. Then we don't need that anymore. But tools like Vite allow us to do things now that we are unable to do with the platform and allow us to prove things that are going to be working, maybe should be part of the platform. And I, I think that is a critical piece of technology. Yeah, there is kind of a balance. I totally agree with you, but kind of the ecosystem at one point when maybe too much into, for example, Babel. Hmm. And then we were starting to need that every time. And this yep. is the idea that it makes you say, I'm using Vite and I feel that I'm back to that old time where I can just like throw some HTML and see it and that's it. And, and you feel that the tool is kind of disappear on the back and that should be like the tool. Like it's cool to be talking about Vite, but the idea will be that you don't feel it. Yeah, you don't experience it, you know, like it's just like it yep. works. Is there, is doing what it has to do. And so we went to a point where the normal thing was 
spending maybe 10, 10 seconds on hot model replacement. So this is why it feels so refreshing to go mm. back. That is weird, but is that that is what it feels refreshing. And also it, this instant feedback loop, it allows some qualitative changes. It's not just about maybe split second against 10 seconds. It is about what it, what it enables you to do. For example, like if you change a color with a slider and you are seeing in your code and you're seeing that, that color reflected in your app instantly, you are not just doing a change and then later seeing how it looks. You're exploring. And this yep. exploration is only possible if you have an instant feedback loop. The idea of grabbing a slider and change it by exploring and saying, it's not that I picked that color. It's that I went there and said like, this is the one that I want. So that is just amazing. It's transformative in terms of how developers work, right? And it's not just that it's fast and it's good for the developer experience, because that, I mean, that is a wonderful thing, but it's also that all of this tool really is meta work in a way. It's work that we don't want to do, right? It's not a part of what we're actually trying to accomplish. So the more that meta work disappears from the equation and you are closer to what you're working on and what it looks like, that's where you're spending your time where you bring the most value, which is what we want to be doing. There are very few front-end developers that are like, I can't wait to spend the next day doing a Webpack config before I can do this project that my client is breathing down my neck to get done, right? So it's transformative exactly. in terms of speed from that perspective too. It's just a, an amazing piece of technology. But I wanna talk to you a little bit about, we've got something coming up called V3. Is that correct? And what do we got going on in V3? Yeah. So. First, why are we releasing a new mayor? So the previous one, VTube, well, it was, I think, Mar March or February of 2021. And we decided that we are going to release one mayor every year to be able to synchronize with Node end of life. So Got Node... It. Not 12, we support it in V2. And now in a, at end of April, it went end of life. So we are going to take that opportunity, do a mayor, stop supporting now 12, and this allows us to better maintain with ECLE. And also it allows us to remove deprecations because all the things that we accumulated is not that much, but it's good to actually not wait maybe five years and do a very big mayor that then later is going to be extremely costly for the ecosystem that is already quite huge in V2. Move on. So we are going to take the pill once a year and maybe like it's going to be like two months of development. And then we are going to try all the ecosystem together to move to the next one and keep Vit as clean as possible, let's say. So in Vit 3, there are some big features. It is we are going to distribute it as ESM by default. The SSR build is going to be also ESM by default. And this is going to allow us to remove some externalization heuristic that we had that for C shape yes, that it was quite complex. So we are allowed to simplify there. The biggest change from what, what I think like is the most important in V3 is that we, in V2, when you are in dev mode, your dependencies are optimized by ESBuild. This is to try to make, for example, if you have Lodash with 100 files, make it a single file that we can give to the browser because this unbundled thing is beautiful. But if you have 2,000 files, the browser needs to load 2,000 little mm -hmm. things. And that doesn't sound that good. It is solvable because you normally should be code splitting your application and then you normally are not loading that many files together. But for your dependencies, it, ca it can happen. And 
ESBit is there to actually help us very quickly transform that in something that the browser can consume without choking. And also for CSIS dependencies, ESBuild transform it to ESM, something that ESM can consume with some interrupt. So that, that was the dev side. And the build side, we were using plugin CommonJS for transforming CSIS to ESM. It's a very good plugin, a lot of work from the rollup team there. It's an official plugin and very battle tested. So that is awesome. But the problem with Vite is that it's doing two completely different things with your dependencies in build and dev. And that is the worst kind of issues because if you have some slight different that will actually make build not work in exactly the same way as dev, then you're going to lose trust, let's say, in dev mode. This is something that we care a lot in Vite. And in Vite 3, what is happening is that by default, plugin common is no longer going to be used. And in build time, your dependencies are going to be optimized exactly the same way by ESBuild that during dev. So this removes one of the biggest differences between the two environments. And, and that is awesome. Like, like we, we were able to close directly a lot of issues that we had, just making the two things work in the same way. And if I could just real quick, CJS is CommonJS. Yeah. There's also AMD. There's also UMD. These are all just old ways of doing JavaScript modules. And ESM, now we've got native modules. Might as well start embracing them everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. And CJS is the, the, the way that the Node platform was doing models for right. a long time until like now everybody is moving to ESM, but that is a transition that is taking a lot of time. And for example, React distributes with ESM only. Uh, uh, sorry, with CJS only. So we need something to transform that. You're not thinking about that thing because again, Webpack take care of that for you. Right. Or like the tool that you use take care of that for you. So that is something that is also quite important. Then there are dev server, cholesterol improvements. Some of the things that we did during build time actually help us during dev there. There is a, like a good thing going on between like the things we do in dev and build and how they help each other. We have new docs. Kia from the Vue team did some amazing work with a new default team for Vitpress. They are about to release the V1 version. Vitpress is a doc or some like tool for making documentation using Power by Vit and Vit. I use it. It's fantastic. It's amazing. Yes. And it is what powers the documentation of Vit, Vitest, and Vue. For example, a lot of the tools in the ecosystem are using Vitpress. So we have new docs. Very, very good. A lot of little improvements in Import Metaglove, Wasm, Worker, all these features. We are using the mayor to actually do some small cleanups. Like there is a migration guide that is a page. It's very easy to migrate and you will get warnings if you are doing something that you were doing in v2 and you should migrate so it should be pretty easy because again we are making it once a year and so it should be pretty easy to migrate and then we have some experimental features like something that is pretty interesting is base support was for i think like for also the kind of stuff that you were doing well like depending on how you deploy it it was kind of tough you had to do like some regex magic there to actually be able to modify the path that Vid was doing to work for you. And what we are getting is direct configuration to be able to say, I want my assets will be in this CDN. Yep. I want my, my public files. I will actually grab the public file that you put in the root of the disk and I will put it in a different CDN because that are not hash. So I yep. want a different cache strategy. So all that will be enabled. It is experimental because we are defining the API. Also, it is going to be at one point. And there's a change out. in there that is yeah. really important to me. So I'm going to be really selfish and I'm going to talk about it now. <laughs> 
So I find myself sometimes working on projects where the front end is not an SPA. The front end is Laravel or the front end is Craft CMS or it's some other system where we actually are writing in some other kind of a templating language. But Vite is still so awesome that we want to use it for its JavaScript capabilities or for doing our view components or whatever. You know, maybe we're not doing a full page view app, but we're using view components at various places on the page. One of the really cool things that is being added is when you do a build, you get a manifest of every JavaScript and CSS resource that's in there. What has been missing in the past is assets that you pull in, like images that you pull in. Now, if you reference them from JavaScript, it's great. It's no problem. You can just import blah from blah and you can do whatever you want with it. But let's say you're doing a build and you need some of these assets in JavaScript, but you also need to access them from your front end templating system. Well, one of the changes that I saw that got merged in there very recently was one where the manifest is now going to list any of the assets that are important too if you want. So all of those files are going to be in there with their hash file names and you can look up any assets just like you could JavaScript previously. And for me and a lot of the work that I do, that is, it's huge. I realize if, if you're in the JavaScript world and you're like, I don't care, I'm writing everything in JavaScript, then it doesn't matter. But it's actually a big deal for situations like that. Yeah. And, and that is amazing because it is all driven by this very strong community of backend integration that there is in, in Vite. The PR was implemented by people from these communities. Like we have people like, for example, like Maximo from Vite Ruby, Innocency from doing Vite Laravel that yep. now actually shares that this official, like the core team member of Laravel did that the official plugin, now they released it, I think like last week was, or yeah, or this week previously. Well, and that's, that's big and news. So we're, we're talking is, about how popular Vite is becoming. Yeah. Laravel is adopting Vite by default, uh, right? As a default. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't expecting they would go for the default. I was expecting some kind of opt-in, but it looks like they tried, they make the plugin, I think, and the experience was so good compared to previously that they decided that this should be the experience for Laravel developers. So that is huge. Actually, Laravel was the first community that embraced Vue, for example. Yep. Like the, the, the first very big one, like Evan always tells about this, that yep. when Ty Taylor tweeted about like, hey, Vue looks cool, let's use it. And yep. that Vue just went to the roof. And this is going to be huge for Vite also. The ecosystem is already quite amazingly big. Nax v V3, that now is they are in RC. They are yep. using Vite by default too. Nice. As, the Svelkit, that is the official Svelte Nux or Nex equivalent in Svelte, is powered by, by Vite. Astro, that they, they were the creator of a notepad, they, at one point they switched it also to, to Vite and they are quite involved actually now in the development of Vite. They have massive amount, amount of experience and it's very valuable to like the development of Vite too. What we're there trying is... to say, guys, is Vite is kind of a big deal. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, it's very, it's very interesting. And also that what gets very interesting is because the ecosystem is so close to the development of core and a lot of the features are driving by the ecosystem, there is so much, let's say, work that is done at the same time, no? Like people like you that maybe care about the backend integration gets a lot of feature from that side that myself, I don't have much experience with that in particular, but it's, it's not a problem because we have very strong ecosystem contributors, let's say, that actually care about different parts. And in V development, we care a lot about Evan when he decided that he will actually create the team and actually made the development of Beat community oriented. Like I think that 
he did a, a very good move yeah. there. Mm -hmm. and it's going to be much stronger by getting developers that are coming from all different perspectives working on it. I originally was trying to track down an issue in Vite, and I was trying to get the get it up and running locally so I could actually work on Vite. And I found it really cumbersome to get it working properly. And I've been doing a lot with Docker lately. Docker is something that the JavaScript community as a whole is just like, what? <laughs> Like, what would you yeah. use that for, you know? But I, instead of just trying to get it up and running locally, I built a Docker image that basically allows you to spin up Vite so that you can work on Vite inside of a Docker container. And you might say, oh, that sounds crazy. But that lets you pick exactly what version of all the stuff that you want to be working on. And it can be totally separate from different things. Like you may be working on a project and it's a legacy project and it requires Node 12 and you just have no choice. But you also want to contribute to Vite and it's running on no this you know, new version, maybe it's running on node 16. You can do that by dockerizing this stuff and working on it. And I'm bringing it up because that's a perspective that people from the JavaScript world probably never would have been doing that type of thing. So the fact that there are the, these people coming from all different perspectives to work on the project, I think it's going to make it much, much stronger overall. Totally. Yeah. 100% agree on that front. But you have something that at the time of this recording has not been announced, right? But I understand it is something that we are able to announce now, even though it, it hasn't, it, the podcast is going to come out later, but this is going to be a, a worldwide premiere as far as I'm concerned, right? Just because we're recording it before it's been announced. Once you tell us what you've got to say there, Patak. Yeah, yeah. So like you promise not to tell. So first like a, a little bit of context in February, I joined StackBlitz that is working, it's the company doing web containers to make instant yep. development. You, If you go to v.new, for example, that is, or if you go to our docs and press the open online, you're going to get a StackBlitz playground to play with Vite. And basically what it does is run Node in the browser. That is completely nuts. But <laughs> like that, you are able to experience Vite like you will do locally, but in your browser. So they actually, they hired me to work full-time on Vite because Vite, actually make their own experience yeah. a lot better because they care a, lo a lot about this idea of you press a button and you're coding and they couldn't have this at this point without a tool like Vite. So there is a li a, like a lot of alignment there. And one of the first things that we are starting to discuss with, with Eric Simons, that is like the, the CEO of the company, is when we started this, hey, we have, let, let's do a VidCon. So this is this is the announcement. There will be a VidConf. And actually from this idea, actually now it, it grow and I cannot say the speakers at this point but there will be a speaker from all the platforms that and frameworks that we have discussed so far so imagine a, a conference that you have a few talks about Vidcore by Bitcore team members, by Evan Yu doing a talk, and then some live panels with the team. But then the main thing of the conference is one talk from each framework using Bit at this point. That at this point is basically all the frameworks except a very, very few ones. So it will be quite an interesting experience, I think. And oh, it's going incredible. to be free. It's going to be free online, October 11, 12, say the date. Nice. Yes, that's definitely it. going to save that date. That is incredible that Vite has grown to the point where it's it's going to have its own conference. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's, and, and again, it is the ecosystem. It is the idea of why it can happen is because when you say, what are the talks that we can put here? You actually have to say, okay, let's put a community track on the side because we have mm. too many people that 
that could do an amazing talk for this conference. So I think that that also, it, it speaks a lot about the ecosystem grow. And we're not announcing <laughs> anything, but I have my fingers crossed that Evan Yu is going to be up there and he'll bring his lions with him when he, do, when he does his <laughs> presentation. That's what I'm hoping. I will, I will talk with him. <laughs> Just make sure you have more than enough stakes around. But yeah. I do think that really speaks to the size and the adoption rate of Veet, the size of the Veet community and the adoption rate that it has taken, that you have enough interest that you're going to be hosting a conference. I mean, that's that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's possible also because, again, shout out to Establish because it's sponsoring, it's going to host the, this fair conference. Maybe the next year will be another company and other companies will probably join to make the, the burden a little less. But it's, it's amazing. It's possible again because we have this, a strong community and this strong ecosystem. There are so many people around. I, I'm I always, my mind is like, I am blown away by being able to speak daily with the maintainers of all the tools, kind of like my heroes, no? Like, so, so it's, it's just amazing what, what is going on. If you haven't been in Bitland that you, you are around there, I, I really advise to join uh, Bitland because, uh, it's, if you go to chat.vhas.dev, you're going to join our Discord, and there is so much going on there. If you like backend, there is for, for that front end, there is so much going on about tooling, DX, how to make the community can do a lot of plugins to make things work. Do we want P the PWA? Like, okay, there are people working on making PWA very well. So there is a lot of moving there. And I, I got to tell you, they are a genius for hiring you full time to work on Vite. And I, you know, I'm not saying this just because you're on here, but you have been amazing in terms of a, in a developer relations or a developer liaison role in terms of organizing the community, getting answers, promoting things like you, you have been just incredible. So I think the fact that they had the foresight to hire you to do this is, is just a very smart move on their part. A very savvy move. Thanks a lot. So Michael, you've been using Vite for a while. Do you have any any questions about Vite 3 that's coming out that you are you want to well, pump Mateus from? Uh, you want to withhold water and say, oh, you, yeah, you know. I, I kind of was interested in the part that you just mentioned about PWA. That's currently one of the things that I'm still missing in V2 is that progressive web app kind of thing, mm -hmm. which is, yeah, try okay. to get it to work. If I'm not mistaken, Andrew also tried to get it to work, but yeah, it, it didn't. So yeah. what are the actual plans in V3 progressing with that PWA? The plugin system is flexible enough to actually do this without core. And the good thing is when you do it out of core, you're able to move a lot faster because every change in core has to be very massive well tested. We have a test infrastructure that will test against the CI of all the projects in the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So development is slower because we, we have, there is a huge amount of people using Vite. But when you develop, let's say like a plugin that is only going to care about PWA, you are in your own world and it's going, you're going to have a lot of people using, but it's a lot easier to, to work, try things and do versions that are independent of Vite. And this is one of the very good examples. There is a plugin that is called Vite Plugin PWA that was a started first by Anthony Fu, that he's also one of the core team members of Vite, and he's also a core team member of you. And he's half of the plugins in the ecosystem are from, from Anthony. He's like amazing. Yeah, uh, including Vitesse. 
yeah, like yeah. he also started the test. And so he started that. And then now there is Joaquin. He's actually worked a lot in this plugin. They just released it yesterday, I think, like the new documentation for the plugin. The VJS account like retweeted that. If you if you go there, you're going to see it. And this plugin allows you to actually very easily use Worksbox to set up everything mm. with a very small config. And, and then it takes care of using the right strategy and handle everything, putting all the meta that is needed in the head and everything that you need for, for this to work correctly. So, oh, like, or, or like copying the manifest, like every, everything is, it will be out of the box with just a little config. And that makes sense from a strategic point of view to implement this using the plugin ecosystem rather than it being part of core for sure. Yeah. 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 I, I always, when it, it's about the experimentation. The same thing that we say about the browser, this is the same. Because mm. now, this is like, if you say to me, what is the best solution? I would say, plugin PWA. But maybe in one year, somebody has like some amazing idea that creates another plugin. And then they, the two of them can compete. Maybe people start to use the other one. So all of this experimentation is really, really hard to do in core. We will have to do mm. some experimental features. And then like changing the API, you broke half the world. So it is a lot better to let the plugin ecosystem take care of that. All right. That's very good to know. So I just thought of one other reason why I really love V, and it may seem crazy, but for me, working on node-based projects, when I look in my node modules directory, it's like looking at that one closet in your house that you just throw all of your junk into and you don't even want to open it because you're scared that everything is going to fall out or all the stuff that's in there. Obviously, there are still node modules that are installed when you use Vite, but man, it is has so fewer dependencies than a similar Webpack config in terms of what gets installed in there. And it's nice, not just from a OCD clean point of view, you also then have fewer dependencies, which is good, you know, fewer things that could potentially break along the way. But it's also faster to do an NPM install, for instance, because you're not bringing in a bazillion packages to do stuff. So I think that clean, modern approach to re-implementing something has really paid dividends uh, in that regard as well, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I, def I definitely agree with the node modules thing. We had a few developers who had lower spec machines and were always struggling with, with space and they had to throw away their node modules. And since we introduced Vite, I think our projects are Vite right now uh, internally. Since we have that, people has, have extra space to do more stuff on their laptop and they're so happy about it. One of the things that Vite does is bundle the dependencies. So you don't get all the three, let's say, of the dependencies that we are using, but it will use Rollup to bundle it and generate something that is easier to download for your application. Anyways, we try to use less dependencies, but that also helps a lot. And in V3, because Terser, that it was like the minifier that we used before. That is a complex machine. We are now using ESBuild by default. Mm. So Terser is not going to be installed by default anymore. Yep. If people want to use it, they will have to install it themselves. So not everybody will pay for it because we already have ESBuild. And there are other dependencies like that we are that we are going to make optional. So it should be even better in that regard, V3. Yeah, that's a it's a fantastic thing. And it's also an issue when you're using Dockerized environments like I tend to use, where there can be some overhead for file sharing stuff. So if you have this directory with a bajillion things in it, it actually can affect the performance of that as well, which is important because you want to expose your node modules so that you get the full development and experience with autocomplete and all that kind of good stuff. And so it's wonderful from that regard as well. You just have less junk that, that needs to be tossed around. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Same as Andrew. I'm also using Docker inside and and 
one of the main things besides Vite being faster, Andrew has a point that using Vite in a Docker environment and having less clutter all around just speeds up the entire dev environment. I'm not just thinking about feet, but it has an impact on all the other cogwheels that are involved as well, which is a, a major feature. And for all the JavaScript developers that are rolling your eyes, I'm making a statement right here and now. You are going to be using Docker in the future. You may not know that you're going to be, you're using it, but some layer of the stuff that you're going to be working with is going to be Dockerized because it's just a, it's a much better solution than using something like NVM to try and switch between node versions and installing this or installing that on your local machine. So if it's not Docker in name, it will be in concept in terms of you're essentially shrink wrapping the DevOps around your project so that no matter when you approach the project, maybe it's from five years ago, you're still going to be able to use it regardless of the state of the tooling on your current machine. And there are just so many gains in it in so many fronts that I think we're going to be using it or a form of that concept everywhere uh, rather than, you know, installing it. Anyway, rant ended. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mateus, is there anything else you want to tell us about uh, Vite going forward? Because I think this has been a fantastic interview. I appreciate all of the information you've told us about. I'm excited about 3. Do we have a, a release date that you're going to give us on air and you're going to stick to no matter what? Or uh, what's going on? Are, yeah, I think you're going to release this when, when exactly more or less at the point that Vite 3 is uh, going to go out. More or less, it's going to be 10 days from, from now. So around like 10 of July, uh, nice. I think. We just had a... a team meeting with Evan and the rest of the team and we kind of put the last touches that say like what needs to be done so we are really really close the ecosystem is almost all green in this like bit ecosystem CI infrastructure that we have so we are we are good we have we need a little bit more time but we are okay there and we gave a, a lot of shout out to the ecosystem and the collaborators that we have I think also to the team because there is a lot mm. of uh, person like people involved in the team and especially the people that are working on triage the, during the bit three it was just amazing, something that Blue started, one of the core team members, and then Safi Red, also Poshoho, also they are Soda also got involved. There's so there was so much work. And actually, in the past two months, the repo went from 770 issues that they for the trend, I thought we were past 1k issues like mm. by now. And now we are below 400. Oh wow. So it is just amazing how many. And these issues is not like just closing. It is they really work it out, the details, and if it was a documentation update or so. There is in V3, there will be also a lot of these little small DX improvement that I think is going to mean a lot for a lot of people. Because I, if an issue was created, it means somebody didn't have the experience that we were describing uh, that that out-of-the-box experience. So I, I'm also very happy for that and really shout out to them because it was just amazing. Uh, they, they were pumping so many PRs that I was more on the PR review side than in looking at the issues uh, during and all this it, time. It's a good thing for you to mention too because I think a lot of people that use these tools may not be aware of the amount of work that goes into everything behind the scenes to make this free open source project work. It is an incredible amount of work from a whole bunch of people that makes this stuff happen. So yeah, I'm, I'm real happy that you did that shout out. All right, so we have it on record. For anyone, don't give Patak any grief if for some reason it's not out by that date. We all know how software works, right? Software is software and release dates just, they don't really go together that well, unfortunately. It's just kind of the, the way it goes. <laughs> but this has been fantastic. Mateus, uh, thank you for coming on. That about wraps it up for another episode of the devmode.fm podcast. Have every episode sent to your podcast player. Subscribe to us via RSS or 
iTunes. Leave us a review, do all that good stuff. And Michael, thank you so much for coming on. You're very welcome. And thank and, you for having me. And Mateus, a lot. for you as well. I hope you finally got that thirst quenching drink. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yes, I was really thirsty. coming on and uh matthias i mean what i said you you have been fantastic uh in terms of the work that you've been doing in the community so i just want to say a personal thank you to you because you have made my life a whole lot easier yeah same for me you definitely yeah. made my life easier and from a lot of our developers i feel like it's it's, it's just interesting how vit evolved if i think like I'm an old school developer who used to make websites with notepad with just plain html and and some attribute styling before CSS even came along. And if I then think about the simplicity we had back then, to always that growing complexity going on top, is it with the jQuery framework that came that had to load like crazy, or is it with Grunt, Gulp, been through them all? For me, Vite is bringing back the simplicity and that instantaneously coding and developing, which is a breeze to work with, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, no, thanks. Yeah, thanks a lot. It was uh, it, it was really good, and actually, like I really mean that. Like I'm I'm amazed. Like I like the position. I actually like may accidentally end up being of being able to work with all these people. Like Matthias with you too. Like, like I can't like, believe it, someone's paying me to do this. <laughs> <laughs>